This CosmicReality.com presentation is sponsored by MysticalWares.com. Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the SuccessAlchemist.net, the WebAlchemist.net, EmpoweredManifestation.com. Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. Twitter, at Coach Jan Shaw. And Truth Social, Success Alchemist. Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 3rd of September, 2022. And the title of today's show is Inciting the Maggers with Lies and Threats, Mar-a-Lago Raid Backlash, Will Trump Be Indicted? So the focus of today's show is really two main topics, one of which is this appalling uh, speech that, um, that Biden made in Pennsylvania against this demonic backdrop, and also the continuing saga of the Mar-a-Lago raid. We've had more things put out into the public domain this week, which are very interesting. So I am going to start with this speech that Biden made, and I'm going to start with Zero Hedge's report on it. Biden's hateful rhetoric against Americans presents GOP with a sterling opportunity. This was published yesterday. The speech was actually made Thursday night on the 1st of September. Incidentally, um, the hashtag pedo president is trending on Twitter. And, of course, the Ashley Biden diaries have been in the spotlight a lot with this... Um, allegation that Biden had inappropriate showers with her. And also they are putting out pedo Hitler as a hashtag as well. And there have been a lot of comparisons in memes between Biden's rhetoric and his, you know, kind of angry approach uh, compared with images of Hitler. And in fact, somebody on Twitter pointed out that it was the anniversary of Hitler's invasion of Poland, which I found very interesting. So anyway, as I said, we're starting with Zero Hedge. And actually, this was authored by Rajan Lad via American Thinker. Whenever political leaders lose all political capital due to their misgovernance and have no real issues to base their campaign on, they often resort to focusing on the symbolic, usually referring to the soul of the nation. This happened before in the US, it happened in India, it happened in the UK, and it happened again in the US. This is most typical of the left. Instead of being humble and conceding their mistakes, they attack voters for thinking of voting against them while overlooking the myriad catastrophes they presided over. They often blame their opponents 
for what they are guilty of, i.e. bigotry and violence, and then end with the soul plea. Biden delivered his soul speech at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the birthplace of both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. The manner of delivery was unhinged. He frequently waved his fists aggressively. His voice was hoarse, perhaps owing to recent bouts with COVID-19, giving the speech a scornful tone. Biden spoke flanked by uniformed Marines, while his backdrop was bathed in blood-red hues, making it look like an ominous hellscape. His speech was a sequel to his recent addresses where he claimed that he doesn't respect MAGA Republicans and that MAGA philosophy is like semi-fascism. Biden called for Americans to unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy regardless of your ideology. But Biden added a caveat that this didn't apply to MAGA forces, i.e. all those scores of millions who voted for and intend to vote for MAGA candidates. Biden said that too much of what's happening in our country today isn't normal. Biden is right there, but the blame for this lies on him. Never before have government institutions been hijacked and misused to target political opponents. Never before has a virus been misused to impose lockdowns that infringe on the right to freedom of movement and the right to earn a living. Never before have vaccines been mandated, causing people to be fired from their jobs or suffer from health issues. Never before has the US government demonised its own citizens, calling them domestic terrorists. Never before has the US government set up a disinformation governance board that sits in judgment of the utterances of citizens. Never before has the US been subjected to prolonged disinformation campaigns, the Russia collusion hoax, the Ukraine call hoax, and now the insurrection hoax. Never before has the US had a president whose cognitive abilities are so impaired that he struggles to read off a teleprompter and causes citizens to wonder who is in charge. Biden continues by claiming that the Republican Party is dominated, driven, intimidated by Donald Trump and his supporters, calling it a threat to this country because they refuse to accept the results of a free election. Perhaps Biden forgot the Russian collusion hoax concocted by the Democrats that baselessly attempted to delegitimize the results of the 2016 presidential election. It was the Democrats who refused to accept the results of a free election. Perhaps Biden forgot that big media and big tech suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop scandal prior to the 2020 elections. A recent poll shows that nearly four of five Americans believe that truthful coverage would have changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Perhaps Biden forgot about Mark Zuckerberg spending $419 million to infiltrate sacrosanct electoral infrastructure of the 2020 elections and push for mail-in voting. Perhaps Biden forgot that 69% of voters nationwide cast their ballot non-traditionally, i.e. by mail and or before election day for the 2020 elections. Mail votes are highly vulnerable to fraud. 
Biden also alleged that the MAGA forces are aligned with white supremacists, violent extremists and other undesirables. Perhaps Biden forgot violent democrat extremists threatening Supreme Court justices, vandalising Catholic churches, pregnancy centres and the offices of pro-life groups. There was an assassination plot against Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Biden also accused MAGA Republicans of seeing a country consumed in darkness. Perhaps Biden forgot that his misgovernance is the sole cause of darkness. The open borders have caused an influx of illegal immigrants, some of whom are violent criminals. More than 4.9 million illegal migrants have crossed the southern border. The smuggling of illicit drugs across the border is a regular occurrence. There were an estimated 100,306 drug overdose deaths in the United States during the 12-month period ending in April 2021, an increase of 28.5% during the same period the year before. Inflation is at a very high 8.5%, causing the price of essential items to skyrocket. The price of fuels continues to be high. The crime wave is ravaging the nation and Democrat judges refuse to prosecute misdemeanours such as drug possession, driving offences, disturbing the peace, shoplifting, larceny, domestic violence, etc. None of Biden-backed initiatives such as the Inflation Reduction Bill or the Infrastructure Bill or his Climate Initiative or pardoning student loans will reduce people's suffering. In fact, wasteful spending will make inflation worse. Biden's gun safety red flag laws allowed instant confiscation of guns on mere suspicion. This endangers lives, especially considering the crime wave. Biden has thus not only taken the nation into darkness, but his misgovernance will blacken the darkness even further. Biden perfunctorily claimed that not every Republican, not even a majority of Republicans, are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. If that were indeed the case, and the MAGA movement was just a small minority, why did Biden base his entire speech on an insignificant minority? This was an attempt to distinguish between the good Republicans, Lincoln Project, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and company versus the bad Republicans, Trump and the MAGA GOP. The truth is, the good Republicans are useful idiots who will instantly become bad if they dare to run against Democrats. Most Americans disapprove of Biden. That number is likely to rise after his hateful rhetoric. The purpose of the address was to demonize dehumanize and otherize Donald Trump and his supporters, which would justify any kind of persecution by government agencies. This also creates grounds for the Democrats to reject the outcome of the midterm should the GOP, particularly the MAGA GOP, win by a landslide. They could claim to stand against fascist forces. The Democrats have broken every immutable norm in recent times. They already attempted to overthrow the 2016 election. They could very well do this for the midterms. But there is a silver lining. Despite claims that the speech would be apolitical, Biden delivered a campaign speech. However, it wasn't for the Democrats. It was instead for the Republicans and Donald Trump.
Even personnel from Democrats' mouthpieces such as CNN and the Daily Beast weren't impressed. As a tweet from Brianna Kalar, Whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be apolitical. Positioning Marines in uniform behind President Biden for a political speech flies in the face of that. It's wrong when Democrats do it. It's wrong when Republicans do it. And from Jeff Zellini, there's nothing unusual or wrong with a president delivering a political speech. It's inherent in the job description. But doing it against a backdrop of two Marines standing at attention and the Marine band is a break with White House traditions. In the end, no voters like to be attacked for their choices by those seeking votes. Make no mistake, this isn't the Democrats fired up and ready for war. This is the rage of the rejected and the dejected. It is now up to the GOP to make adverts, carrying excerpts of Biden's toxic rhetoric to fire up not only GOP voters, but independent voters who may not have watched the entire speech. And I have to say that I think that, well, there was a question on Twitter. Do you think uh, the speech was intended to incite violence against Trump supporters? And my view is they're trying to make Trump supporters so angry that they think the MAGA people will be the ones to uh, commit violence or, you know, violent protests. But... That isn't the mega people. Um, They don't do that. But I suspect what they'll try and do is plant FBI people and Antifa people dressed up like MAGA supporters um, doing violence just to discredit the whole of the MAGA movement and possibly even go so far as to justify sending in the military against them. So they're definitely trying everything possible to demonize Trump and his supporters and it's purely out of panic because they stand to lose in the midterms big time it's really going to be a red tsunami I believe we just have to make sure that the Democrats can't cheat again as they did in 2020. Also on the subject of Biden's speech and this is a whole different take on it in terms of it's much more satirical, um, and it's from some someone I haven't shared before, James Howard Kunstler, and it's at kunstler.com, and he calls it Clusterfuck Nation, which is uh, cool. So the title of this is Soul Man. This was published yesterday. I knew Abe Lincoln, and that was no Gettysburg Address. I knew we were in for the business with that soul of the nation build up ballyhoo, but I didn't exactly expect Independence Hall to be decorated in blood red and sepulchral black, a la the mouth of hell, for a sermon by the Lord of the Flies himself. Somehow his staff managed to get the old trickster to the fiery podium on time, where in his trademark inside-out and upside-down mode of argument... He invade wrathfully against the grave threat to democracy posed by an opposition labouring to undermine our personal rights, the pursuit of justice and the rule of law. Roger that, Kimasabi. I confess, 
I was hoping to see MAGA superhero Homie D. Clown materialise in a puff of rainbow-coloured smoke right up there beside the sulphurous incarnation of Joe Biden. MAGA Republicans have made their choice, the hypothetical president shouted. They embrace anger. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. I don't think so, Homie would have surely retorted upon which Homie whops the party of Chaos's frontman upside his hair-plugged noggin with a sock full of milk duds. Homie don't play that. So much for reveries of true righteousness. And thus went this watershed moment in our floundering nation's politics du jour. Did you catch an odour of desperation in that marvellous spectacle? A politician does not declare war on half the country in a, spin- in a spirit of comity. Something's up in this land and it don't feel all comfy cosy as we turn the corner on our election season. A lot of things are up. In fact, all of them kind of sketchy and dark. Joe Biden's guardian of the rule of law, the DOJ under Merrick Garland, is on a rampage, not just seeking long prison sentences on January 6th misdemeanor defendants, but now going after their very attorneys, officers of the court, for daring to represent them. There is the recent Mar-a-Lago caper, of course, in which the FBI snatched a bale of documentary evidence Donald Trump had collected detailing these agencies' four-year campaign to overthrow him. And having gotten their mitts on it, the AG declared all the material part of a bogus ongoing investigation in order to prevent the docs being introduced in Mr Trump's just-opened defamation and racketeering lawsuit against HRC, her posse of lawfare ninjas, and most of the people who worked in leadership of the FBI and DOJ circa 2016 to 2021. In short, the FBI stole evidence of their own prior crimes to evade prosecution. Something tells me that's not going to work out so well for AG Mr Garland and Chris Ray of the FBI. You realise, don't you, that all of Joe Biden's scripted maundering about democracy and justice and the rule of law is a smokescreen sent up to hide the many crimes committed by his shadowy managers just now breaking into disclosure, and they are running out of dodges and distractions to divert the pliable centre of the voting public from seeing it all. Following Mark Zuckerberg's epic mistake telling Joe Rogan that the government used his company Facebook and Jack Dorsey's Twitter to squash the First Amendment, the wheels came off any pretense that this was not direct interference in the 2020 election by activists in government. For a whole year, the FBI sat on evidence that candidate Joe Biden's family was running an international grifting operation fronted by his son Hunter. And when news reports about the notorious laptop began to leak out, the agency used its considerable powers of intimidation to make the news disappear. Now the FBI fears the next step. Who exactly in the agency managed that operation along with supervisory agent Timothy Tibbalt, hustled into retirement days ago after lawyering up? And who in that exceedingly hierarchical org approved of it? It's all coming out now. Thursday night, Joe Biden heralded a US economy firing on a gazillion cylinders. 
American manufacturing has come alive across the heartland and the future will be made in America, no matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, he declared. Is that so? Of course not. The country is verging on an economic catastrophe, more consequential than the Great Depression of the 1930s, and the harbinger of it, a financial market crash, is sure to occur before November 8th. Everybody and his uncle on Wall Street knows that. The shadow regime behind JB knows that. He didn't dare mention the word inflation as if no one has noticed it. Anyway, white supremacists did that. The regime is backpedalling so hard on its COVID-19 bullshit that it has burst clean through the looking glass it rode in, into in 2021, when in the name of choice it mandated that millions of Americans submit to four shots of unsafe and ineffective pharmaceuticals. They know we are entering another flu season, with those millions of people tragically left with wrecked immune systems courtesy of the vaxes. They see the numbers of mystery deaths happening right now in this country and the rest of Western civilization, and they're working furtively to attempt to change the story. Guess what? It's not working. Too many people have seen the damage firsthand. We know exactly who is responsible for all that, and it's not white supremacists. The war in Ukraine, instigated by JB and company, hasn't panned out so well on any grounds. As a distraction from problems at home, as a geopolitical gambit against Russia, or as anything remotely beneficial to Ukraine itself. The end game on all that approaches as Germany and the rest of NATO are forced to the negotiating table with or without the USA's cooperation or else face a rapid return to the 13th century. The terms will end up being more embarrassing than the exit fiasco a year ago from Afghanistan. The voters will notice it, it had nothing to do with white supremacists. Yes, they will. I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future, the old faker intoned last night. His word as a Biden, so saith the soul man. Interesting also that the uh, press secretary, Jean-Pierre, was um, claiming that the speech wasn't political. Well, of course, that was a complete lie. And... It's just another example of all the lies that she tells on behalf of the Biden administration. So I'm now going to move on to the continuing story of the Mar-a-Lago raid. And this is an article from Epoch Times. U.S. government seized over 11,000 non-classified documents from Trump's home. FBI agents seized over 11,000 documents and photographs without classified markings from the home of former President Donald Trump, according to an inventory released on September 2nd. Agents during the August 8th raid at Mar-a-Lago seized 11,179 materials that were not marked classified, the inventory says. They also took 103 documents marked classified, including some marked top secret. The warrant, approved by U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt days earlier, enabled agents to seize any documents with classification markings, as well as containers in which the documents were located and any containers stored or found together with the documents. 
It also let agencies information regarding the retrieval, storage or transmission of national defence information or classified material. Any government and or presidential records created between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021 and any evidence of the knowing alteration, destruction or concealment of any government and or presidential records or of any documents with classification markings. A property receipt or inventory list was given to a Trump lawyer as agents left, but the more detailed inventory list was submitted to a federal court on Friday on the orders of a judge. U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, is considering whether to appoint a special master to review the materials the government seized and separate out those that may be privileged. The more detailed receipt also shows that the government seized 1,673 magazines, newspapers, press articles and other printed media, some dating back to 2008, 48 empty folders with classified banners, 42 empty folders labelled Return to Staff, Secretary, Stroke, Military Aid, 19 articles of clothing, stroke, gift items, and 33 books. Now, why on earth would they want to take all that lot? (laughs) It primarily listed boxes of items, miscellaneous documents, some classified, and binders of of photographs. The government later acknowledged that it seized three passports from Trump that have since been returned. And then it's got an Exhibit A embedded, which is the inventory itself. Spokesman responds. Taylor Budowich, a Trump spokesman, said the new list only further proves that this unprecedented and unnecessary raid of President Trump's home was not some surgical confined search and retrieval that the Biden administration claims. It was a smash and grab. These document disputes should be resolved under the Presidential Record Act, Records Act, sorry, which requires cooperation and negotiation by NARA, not an armed FBI raid, he added. The investigation started after a referral from the National Archives and Records Administration. The agency received boxes of documents from Mar-a-Lago in January and identified some with classified markings. Officials notified the Department of Justice, which later gained access to the materials and confirmed the markings. Every item reviewed. Also on Friday, top Department of Justice official Jay Bratt informed Cannon that authorities have reviewed all items seized from Mar-a-Lago that were not deemed potentially privileged by a department filter team. Bratt said all evidence pertaining to the seized items, including how they were stored, will inform the government's active criminal investigation and said it was important to note that the review of the materials is not a single investigative step but an ongoing process in the investigation. That said, the government can confirm for the court that the investigative team has already examined every item seized, other than materials that remain subject to the filter protocols, even as its investigation and further review continues, Bratt said. Investigators have been, and will continue to be, mindful of the potential for attorney-client privilege issues, and the filter protocols contained in the search warrant. So, 
you can see from that that it was ridiculous what was seized during the the raid uh, completely unnecessary and irrelevant and um this farce and fraudulent investigation is continuing also earlier in the week this was on the 29th of august that was monday of course um, Town Hall reported, confirmed, FBI sees documents protected by attorney-client privilege from Trump's home. The Biden Justice Department said the search of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was narrowly defined. It was the highest priority because sensitive materials, including potential nuclear secrets, were at the residence. Attorney General Merrick Garland offered a presser to try to defend this arguably unlawful raid, and killed his credibility and that of the Justice Department in the process. That's a little unfair. The DOJ's credibility was already in the negative, but this raid ensured it would never recover for at least a generation. The DOJ and the FBI have become the Biden political Gestapo. Was the ransacking narrowly defined? They took documents protected by executive privilege. The FBI took Trump's passports and records protected under attorney-client privilege. As we've noticed, it wasn't a narrow search. It was a catch-all fishing expedition that netted the DOJ nothing. The FBI returned the passports, chalking it up to a mistake, and now it's been confirmed that federal agents did abscond with attorney-client protected documents. Some of the documents recovered during the FBI's search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort potentially contain attorney-client privileged information, Justice Department lawyers said Monday. The Justice Department acknowledged the find in a submission to U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, who's weighing a request from Trump's team to appoint a special master to review some of the documents the FBI seized as part of its national security-related criminal investigation. In an order Saturday, Cannon instructed the Justice Department to file under seal a more detailed receipt for property specifying all property seized and said that she wanted to be told the status of defendants' review of the seized property including any filter review conducted by the Privilege Review Team and any dissemination of materials beyond the Privilege Review Team. The judge said over the weekend that her preliminary intent is to grant Trump's request for a special master, but that she would not rule until she hears the government's arguments at a hearing in West Palm Beach on Thursday. If Cannon grants Trump's request, the special master will be in charge of reviewing documents for issues of privilege, not the highly sensitive records at the heart of the government's investigation. A judge granted the initial motion to appoint a special master to review all the files seized by federal agents, though, as Spencer wrote today, the DOJ said they'd checked them all already. The Director of National Intelligence is also going to conduct a classification review. It's a merry-go-round nar narrative that ends with who cares. Trump declassified the documents that you know the feds thought they could get him on, hence the radio silence on that front. The president is the ultimate authority on declassifying sensitive materials, unlike Hillary Clinton's unsecured and unauthorized setup regarding how she handles classified information. 
Also, what's with this June 8th letter from the DOJ that instructed Trump's lawyers to keep all documents reportedly in question at Mar-a-Lago? This wasn't about documents, you all know that. It was the last attempt to find anything felonious to stop Trump from running as if, it, as if that was a real obstacle. A DC-based grand jury is going to indict him on something soon. Just be prepared for that bit of prosecutorial overreach. Brian Cates has written an editorial. This was on September 1st. FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid backlash continues to build. A special master will likely have to sort it all out. If they really are planning to go through with indicting Donald J. Trump for an invented non-crime, I don't think they can do that until the national spotlight is off their sham investigation. At this point, after two fake impeachments, the Russiagate hoax, the January 6th hoax and six years of relentless fake news, orange journalism has utterly failed to rid the deep state of Donald Trump and his growing base of support. No matter what they do, Trump just keeps getting stronger and more popular. They are growing exceedingly desperate to stop what they see building for the 2022 midterms and beyond to the 2024 presidential election. If a special master is indeed appointed by US federal judge Aileen Cannon, that spotlight won't come off the DOJ's Trump probe for some time. While all of the Trump investigation's dirty laundry is being aired in real-time news coverage, it's hard to see how they find the nerve to charge up the hill and plant the flag of a Trump indictment and declare any kind of victory. Can they get the spotlight off of themselves before the midterm elections? I don't really see how. This Trump investigation has already gone off the rails, but can they still salvage something from it? They just had to very publicly walk Timothy Tibble, the special agent in charge, leading their Trump investigation, out the door into retirement. What exactly happened remains unclear. Initial reports varied from claims that Tybalt had been fired to merely being reassigned. Finally, a new narrative took shape. Tybalt and his lawyers claim this is just a long-planned retirement, nothing to see here. Oh, sure, he's under investigation by the Office of the Special Counsel, but Tybalt expects to be totally vindicated when that investigation concludes, likely sometime in 2025. We're expected to believe that the top agent leading the deep state charge to take down Donald Trump just serenely moves on into retirement without that orange man bad skull firmly attached to his belt. He gave up his shot at history to spend more time with his family? I don't buy it. It should be noted that Garland and Ray's having the Bureau bid adieu to Tybalt corresponded very closely to the announcement by Judge Cannon that she is very likely going to grant Trump's request for a special master review of the Mar-a-Lago raid. Tybalt's taking his supposedly long-planned retirement right at this key moment of a highly charged, politicised investigation he was leading smacks of ass-covering. A search warrant is not a blank check, no matter what some people tell you. It's already been admitted by the raid team that they far exceeded the scope of the search warrant and took items that were either not on it or in areas not designated by the warrant. 
As has been extensively reported, the raid team went rifling through former First Lady Melania Trump's closet as part of their search. It's hard to believe that Melania's dresses and shoes were part of the warrant's scope. Trump could very well get a special master to to agree anything taken not in a specific area cited in the warrant will be illegally seized, contraband and inadmissible in any criminal or civil court case the DOJ might decide to pursue against him. You don't get to pretend the Fourth Amendment doesn't exist just because you say you're investigating a citizen for a crime. That's not how the Constitution works. That's why we have courts with judges and search warrants that have to be followed to the letter. And we already know this raid group far exceeded the scope of the warrant that was granted. And if he has the CCTV security footage, Trump can provide evidence of this in court. If the raid agents were indeed on a fishing expedition, as many suspect they were, the special master would compare the scope of the search warrant signed by Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt with the property list of the items taken in the raid while forcing the government to account for the location of each and every one of the seized items. Where each item was found by the raid team is going to be very important to know. And if the agents can't or won't say where on the premises of Mar-a-Lago an item was taken from, it will have no provenance. It would be inadmissible in court. And this is where Trump having CCTV footage of the raid itself could come into play. For instance, the exact location of each and every one of the attorney-client privilege documents seized by the FBI's raid team is going to have to be established. Trump's CCTV videos would help establish the precise location of such documents during the raid and show exactly where the agents found them. Where did they find Trump's passports? Was the storage location of the passports that were seized within the scope of the search warrant? What did the raid team think they were going to find inside Trump's office safe? These are the questions a special master will be brought in to resolve between the competing parties. The FBI raid team will insist it did nothing wrong and had good reason to take whatever items it took. Trump and his lawyers will insist the raid itself was unnecessary and the raid team far exceeded the legal scope of the warrant it had. Counting against the DOJ's argument that the appointment of a special master to review the conduct of the raid team is unnecessary is the fact we already have public admissions that the team exceeded the scope of the search warrant. This whole thing is a travesty anyway. As we all know, Trump has repeatedly asserted every document stored at Mar-a-Lago was declassified already. If any documents really are classified, they have been seen and handled by unauthorised FBI agents. Assuming the DOJ stroke FBI's argument is true, that there were highly classified documents stored at Mar-a-Lago, then the FBI agents that visited Mar-a-Lago and looked through the 15 boxes of documents in May and June got a good look at each of these supposedly highly classified documents. Remember, the affidavit gives a very specific count of each kind of classified document that the agents found in their search through the boxes. Unless these agents who visited Mar-a-Lago in May and June and then participated in the raid all have the highest security clearances, then you have people not authorised to view classified documents handling them and counting them. 
If they really thought this stuff was still classified under the TS-SCI system, they'd have taken the boxes without opening them. But they didn't do that, did they? And it's got a screenshot or an, an image um, of these so-called classified documents spread out on the carpet at Mar-a-Lago next to a box with a, um, a framed front cover of Time magazine. And this has caused a huge uproar this week. Um, and mainly to say, well, this is just being completely staged by the FBI. Continuing on anyway, the fact they opened these boxes up in the May and June visits, then opened them up again during the raid and spread them all out over the floor to take pictures of them reveals the raid team already knew nothing in the boxes was still TS-SCI. And if the agents knew nothing in those boxes was still classified, whatever markings they bore, then this whole thing is a political show or something far worse. The grab declassified documents from Trump and try to reclassify them theory. There's a developing story that Trump had declassified Russiagate-related documents that certain current and former FBI-DOJ people are desperate to ensure never sees the light of day. Paul Sperry, I think this, from, this is from Truth Social, posted, New sources tell me there is an EC, electronic communication, formally opening a counterintelligence case against Trump when he was POTUS. It targets Trump personally, not his advisers or campaign. I'm told Strott wrote it at the direction of McCabe. It's dated early May 2017. The document is highly classified and McCabe ordered no circulation via FBI email. But there is no reason it shouldn't be in Durham's final report, shouldn't be disclosed in full now that the whole world knows the Russiagate probe was a hoax. There is a report from investigative journalist Paul Sperry of Real Clear Investigations that in May of 2017, under the direction of then-Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, Crossfire Hurricane team leader Peter Strzok opened a counterintelligence investigation of the sitting president, Donald J. Trump. If so, that explosive and historic Russiagate development would have been successfully kept under a rock for more than five years, why it would only be emerging now is a very legitimate question, if the report is accurate. The only way I could see that not leaking if it were real would be if it was under Durham's control, because Durham and his team don't leak anything. Did Trump have the declassified document opening up an FBI counterintelligence operation targeting him while he was president among the items stored in those 15 boxes? Were current and former FBI-DOJ personnel behind this raid because they are desperate to get their hands on certain documents, to seize them back and try to reclassify them, perhaps to prevent Donald J. Trump from making them public, maybe using them in his civil case in Florida, or giving them to John Durham, or both? That's just one theory currently running hither and yon across the fruited plain the plant fake evidence and then find it theory. Another theory says that the main purpose of the Mar-a-Lago raid was to plant some kind of incriminating evidence that the agents would then find and use to indict Trump of a crime. 
If that was what they were up to, it makes sense that they would demand the Mar-a-Lago security cameras be turned off. And the fact that demand was denied and the cameras stayed on may have prevented any planned shenanigans on the part of the raid team. Donald Trump and his son Eric have made public statements about how the entire raid of Mar-a-Lago was recorded by the security cameras. Should those recordings be produced by the Trumps, that might very well cause some serious problems with a raid team that keeps changing the story about why they executed this raid and what exactly it was they were looking for. Has anything gone right for DOJ-FBI since the raid? From what I've observed, ever since this raid went down on August the 8th, absolutely nothing seems to have gone the way the raid planners intended. It certainly does appear that the DOJ and the FBI have been forced to do things they didn't plan for or, or anticipate. Early on, there was a narrative that the DOJ was actually eager to unseal the Mar-a-Lago search warrant and property list in response to polite requests from the federal court. And then the affidavit, because the judge asked nicely, because this activity was assumed to be part of their Get Trump strategy. It's hard to agree with this viewpoint now as the backlash engendered by the raid continues to build and rumours swirl of more whistleblowers coming forward from within the FBI. Rumours of multiple FBI whistleblowers going to Congress led to another fascinating development in this developing scandal. Attorney General Merrick Garland orders DOJ personnel to zip their lips. Merrick Garland recently made the absurd proclamation to DOJ personnel that whistleblowers within his agency are not allowed and he doesn't want anyone going to Congress and talking about political bias and other issues with people like Senators Charles Grassley or Ron Johnson. That decree from Garland runs afoul of every single whistleblower protection statute on the books and he knows this. It's unenforceable. But as my friend Adam Taylor of the Washington Pundit recently told me, the fact Garland felt he had to come out and mumble something to try to stop whistleblowers from going to Congress shows a loss of control and a turning of the tide. It's too late for Garland to stop anything that's coming. As this story develops, a lot of things are going to hopefully become clearer as to what actually happened. We may not get all the answers we want in the coming weeks, but we'll get a clearer picture. And then another opinion piece. Uh, this is from Technofog, again on Substack. And just um, as a, an aside, some of the articles that I'm reading um, either require a, a paid subscription to certainly the Substack uh, articles or to something like Epoch Times, some of them are premium articles. So I will share the um, the links, but um, some of them you may have to have a subscription to be able to access. So this is, as I said, from Technofog. This is from the 1st of September. Uh, will the Biden DOJ indict Trump and the effects of egregious sloppiness from one Trump attorney? The Biden administration calls Trump and his supporters an existential threat to America. If they believe what they're saying, then they must be on the path to indicting former President Donald Trump. 
Then there's the alternative theory that the Biden Department of Justice is doing everything it can to damage Trump politically, just short of indictment. Both theories rely on the politics of the investigation into Trump. Democrats certainly see benefits with either course of action, both currently and in the 2024 election. But before we get to that, let's focus on the alleged obstruction of justice, the weaknesses of the public record and how the mistakes of a Trump lawyer have complicated matters. In a court filing on August 30th, the Department of Justice confirmed that former President Donald Trump is the target of an ongoing criminal investigation pertaining to potential violations of the Espionage Act, 18 U.S.C. subsection 793E, as well as obstruction of justice, 18 U.S.C. subsection 1519, and unlawful concealment or removal of government records, 18 U.S.C. subsection 2071. The FBI opened its criminal investigation in February 2022 after a National Archives referral which complained that there were highly classified documents intermingled with other presidential records in the 15 boxes of records provided to the National Archives in January 2022. The purported parameters of the FBI investigation, as discussed in the affidavit, in support of the Mar-a-Lago search warrant included how documents with classification markings and records were removed from the Trump White House and came to be stored at Mar-a-Lago, whether Mar-a-Lago was an authorised location for the storage of classified information, whether any additional classified documents or records may have been stored in an unauthorised location, and the identity of any persons who may have removed or retained classified information without authorization and or in an unauthorized space. Then the, the FBI investigation expanded through the use of confidential informants and the use of Mar-a-Lago surveillance footage. The Mar-a-Lago search reflected the shifting investigation as it looked for classified records which currently remain at the premises, and stated, there is also probable cause to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found at the premises. What evidence of obstruction? That question isn't answered by the affidavit, as its sections discussing obstruction are redacted. But we see the Biden DOJ's theory of the case from the August 30 motion. They allege that on June 3, 2022, three FBI agents and a DOJ attorney arrived at Mar-a-Lago to collect records pursuant to a grand jury subpoena, part of which is below, directed at the custodian of records for the office of Donald J. Trump. And it says any and all documents or writings in the custody or control of Donald J. Trump and or the office of Donald J. Trump bearing classification markings including not but not limited to the following it's got top secret secret confidential etc 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 the doj describes the handover of the documents counsel for trump evan corcoran provided them in a single envelope that was double wrapped in tape corcoran supposedly represented that there were no other records stored in any private office space or other location at the premises and that all available boxes were searched. Importantly, Trump's response to the government's motion states that 
One specific event, the June 3rd, 2022 meeting, has been significantly mischaracterised in the government's response. So we might not know the full truth of this meeting yet. But what we do know is that the custodian of records for the office of Donald J. Trump, identified as attorney Christina Bob, then provided a signed certification stating all responsive documents to the grand jury subpoena had been produced. About that certification, let me make some observations as a lawyer. This part is important. Your custodian of records in response to the grand jury subpoena should not be your attorney or the organisation's attorney, absent rare circumstances that are not present here. There are many common sense reasons for this, most notably because the attorney will be consulting with the client to gather and produce the requested documents. If anything is missing or not produced, then there can be accusations of obstruction. We're seeing that here, where it's alleged that Bob misled the DOJ about the existence of documents responsive to the grand jury subpoena. Bob, the Trump attorney, now becomes a fact witness who can be subject to examination on such matters as the location of records and conversations about the existence of records. This risks the disclosure of communications that would have been otherwise privileged. Bob may very well be interviewed by the FBI, if not questioned by a grand jury, if the Biden DOJ continues to pursue this investigation aggressively and there are no signs that the Biden DOJ is slowing down. Back to the broader allegations of obstruction leading up to the warrant, the government also developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. This included evidence indicating that boxes formerly in the storage room were not returned prior to council's review. The government then seized 33 boxes of evidence that contained documents with classification markings or what otherwise appeared to be government records. It maintains that three classified documents were located in the desks in the 45 office. Some of the records with classified markings, a classified marking does not mean currently classified, were dumped on the floor and photographed for public consumption, an egregious and unserious attention-grabbing tactic that proved to be very effective as the photograph spread through the media at an insane speed. And this is the photograph that I um, described in that previous article by Brian Case. It's got these documents on the floor next to a box with the time, the framed Time magazine cover. As maintained by the Biden DOJ, the materials recovered from the search cast doubt on Bob's claim. There had been a diligent search for records pursuant to the grand jury subpoena and also cast doubt on the extent of cooperation in this matter. You can see how this fits their theory of obstruction. Not that the obstruction case against Bob or those who told her about the records is a guarantee. Bob was reportedly poorly informed about the existence of records at Mar-a-Lago. If that is true, then the defence is that she didn't make a knowing misrepresentation regarding the records. The same could be said for those she spoke with. To summarise that argument, 
It's not that Bob was part of some obstructive scheme or lied to the feds, it's that she was sloppy. Either way, we must recognise a hard truth. Bob is part of the problem. She had no business signing that certification if she couldn't guarantee its truthfulness. You don't play games with a grand jury subpoena, especially when federal officials salivate at the chance to indict your client. This brings us to Trump's culpability. Andrew McCarthy believes Trump is likely to be charged with obstruction of justice and causing false statements to be made to investigators. Well, we've seen them try and get him on obstruction of justice before without um, the result they wanted. And this is a quote, not only did Trump, through his team, falsely represent on June 3rd that all remaining classified documents were in the red weld envelope they'd turned over, prosecutors stressed that the search conducted at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th also cast serious doubt on the claim in the June 3rd certification and now in Trump's special master motion that there had been a diligent search for records responsive to the grand jury subpoena. That's the end of the quote. Based on what we know from the public record, I'm not as confident that Trump himself faces legal consequences. I respectfully disagree with McCarthy, who says it does not appear that those charges, obstruction and causing false statements to be made to investigators, would be difficult to prove. There are too many unknowns to be so certain. After all, it was Bob, not Trump, who made the representation that all documents responsive to the grand jury subpoena had been handed over. I've seen no evidence that Bob relied on representations from Trump as opposed to others in preparation of her June 2022 certification. Then there's the alleged acts of obstruction. The government argues it developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room. This would come from video footage from Mar-a-Lago provided in response to a grand jury subpoena and multiple civilian witnesses who have provided information to authorities. This leaves us with two key questions, both of which are unanswered. What documents were removed from the storage room and who removed them? It's very well possible that documents not responsive to the grand jury subpoena were removed from the storage room. To summarise, the case against Trump may not be as strong as others suggest. This still doesn't answer whether the Biden DOJ will indict Trump. Over at Bloomberg, they're reporting that federal prosecutors are likely to wait until after the November election to announce any charges against Donald Trump if they determine he broke laws. A Trump indictment would be unprecedented and thus historic, even if it was based on a stretch of the law or on loose facts, it would excite and embolden Biden's leftist base. It would be a win for the Biden administration, if only because it would dominate the news cycle and distract the public from the ongoing recession, imminent downsizing, record inflation, domestic failures and foreign policy blunders. You have to think that Attorney General Gar Garland is one of the targets of that message, if the threat is existential, then action is required. Explicit instructions, indict Trump or else, aren't necessary. Yet I'm not convinced that Trump will be indicted. It's possible, but it's not a certainty. Again, the discussion of indictment is not an endorsement of an indictment, as I've stated before. Trump faces the corrupt criminalization of politics. 
For the Democrats, there is political value in damaging Trump. It's a way to discredit the broader America First agenda and to condemn any candidate endorsed by Trump. It's ammunition for 2024. Biden won't run and his successor, whoever that might be, will be confronted with the failures of democratic rule. They can't defend their record and will instead point the finger running against candidate Trump should he win the nomination. And the FBI's investigations into his actions with respect to supposedly classified documents on January 6th, investigations that were conveniently initiated by the Democrats. This gets us back to our original question, will the Biden DOJ indict Trump? The only certainty I can give you is that it depends on the politics. So there you have it. That's the latest in the Mar-a-Lago uh, scam. <laughs> and we'll have to see how it all plays out. Well, that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Um, thank you to Nancy for producing and to David Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. Go visit his website, mysticalwares.com. Lots of lovely things there. And um, if you make a purchase, you'll be supporting Cosmic Reality Radio too. So until next time, stay safe, be well, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, Updating Current Reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Reality Radio. We appreciate your support. Please visit our sponsor at MysticalWares.com for our huge selection of metaphysical products, gifts, candles, incense, and one of the largest Shungite collections available. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order at mysticalwares.com. <laughs>